Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Our podcast today will look at the subject of finding a better life in the midst of disappointment and desperation. I want to tell you a story about Henry. Henry is 43 years old in his second marriage and has five kids, three from his first marriage and two with his current wife. As a plumber, he has worked for various companies, but basically done the same work his whole life. He's bored with his work and hates going in every day. But with a home and family and child support to keep up with, he feels stuck with his job. His first life left when she found out he'd had sex with one of his clients at her house. During a few counseling sessions he had during the fallout of his first marriage, it was mentioned to him that his non-existent relationship with his mother was probably contributing to the problem. Now his current wife is upset with him because he's addicted to pornography. So he's distanced himself from the family, working long hours and drinking when he gets home. He feels trapped in a miserable life and sees no way out. Is this as good as it gets for Henry? Is there anything he can do to get to a better place? Let's add another story. Let me tell you about Jay Lynn. In her 30s, she's single, never been married, and working as a vice president at a large corporation. Her significant salary allows her to buy whatever she wants and do anything she wants to do if she can just get time off work. The temptation that is always present in her life, though, is continually tripping her up. Her spending habits are out of control, and so are her credit cards. There's literally no more room for shoes and clothes in her closets, and money spent on monthly beauty treatments rivals her shopping expenses. She's constantly surprised at how fast her paycheck disappears. On the weekends, she likes to join her single friends at the bar scene. More than once, she woke up not at home and deeply regretting her choices. She seems to have it all, everything, except contentment and fulfillment. She feels empty and alone. She finds herself asking, is this all there is? But as soon as she does, she realizes, I mean, what else could she want or need? Nevertheless, she grows increasingly dissatisfied with her life. What's wrong with Jalen? Is this as good as it gets? I asked the same question about my own life many years ago. Even though I seemingly had a white picket fence life, something was very wrong inside. I was married with two beautiful daughters and lived in an adorable house in a charming neighborhood. I loved my job and ministry as a Christian education director. I had great friends and a great life, so why was I falling apart inside? What was wrong with me? Anxiety began to take over as internal disintegration progressed. I was a mess, and that wasn't okay. I had responsibilities, a home, a family, a job. People depended on me. I didn't have time for this. But if I'd been honest, what really had me freaked out was that I was losing control. And I had no idea why. Have you asked yourself any of these questions? Why am I falling apart inside? What's wrong with my life? 
Is this all there is? Is this as good as it gets? These are not isolated stories, nor are they unusual questions. To the contrary, they're common stories and normal questions. It's just that so many of us hide these realities. We live in quiet desperation, at least until we hit a point where we can't do it anymore. Then we often do something really ridiculous and blow up our lives, making everything worse. Quiet desperation. Blow up my life. Aren't there any other choices on my menu? Yes, there are, although you may not easily recognize them. Before I go there, let's jump back 4,000 years and visit some other folks living lives of quiet desperation. The Israelites were in a similar position. They were slaves in Egypt. They'd been living in captivity for 400 years. It had been so long, there was no one alive who had any reference to the days when they were free and living in their homeland, Canaan, the place God had given them, the land God promised. They hated their life in Egypt. It says in Exodus 1, 11 to 14, So they put slave masters over them and oppressed them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. No one would disagree. It was a miserable life. Pharaoh and the Egyptians oppressed them for their own advantage. They were treated terribly, robbed of their rights and freedom. The Israelites complained of their miserable existence. And what? God didn't listen? God didn't care? He didn't respond? No, God was brokenhearted for what his people had been forced to endure. So he sent a deliverer, someone to save them and help them escape their bondage. God appointed Moses as the man who would lead them out of Egypt. And how does the story read? And the people were thrilled. They believed God and readily followed Moses through the extreme difficulties of getting out of Egypt into the promised land. They were ready to go and trusted God would take care of them and provide for their needs. Not exactly. In fact, that's not what happened at all. You see, the people were ambivalent. They were of two minds. As much as they hated their life, they were terrified of leaving it. They didn't trust God at all, and they gave Moses a hard time at every turn. They fought against Moses when all he was trying to do was save them from their miserable existence. Numbers 11, 5 to 6 tells us how the Israelites complained, saying, We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost, also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Manna was a sweet wafer that appeared every morning at dawn to feed the people. God did have something better for them. There was never a question about that, only a question about whether they would trust God and allow him to help them get to a better place. Would they choose the onions of Egypt or the manna of the wilderness? And God had something better for Henry, Jaylin, and me. 
And if you're miserable or desperate, God has something better for you. The only question is whether you will let him give it to you. It's true. The way out of Egypt included some scary times, things they didn't always understand, things they couldn't control. But no matter how many times God made good on his word, followed through on what he said he would do, they continued to doubt him. Is the problem that there isn't help or hope? Or is the problem we won't receive his help? We won't trust God will do what he says. It's never an easy trip. This is always true of our journey out of pain and bondage. We have to give God control and that terrifies us. The healing journey for Henry includes getting help for his alcohol and pornography addictions, something that will only become possible after he deals with his childhood wounds from his mother and her lack of nurturing and lack of connection with him. He feels deep rejection and abandonment. His addictions are attempts to cover that pain. That will be difficult work, but if he doesn't do that work, he's going to continue to mess up every relationship in his life. He will never have a healthy relationship until he becomes a healthy man. God has something better for Henry, but Henry has to choose if he will leave Egypt and follow God. He has to choose between the onions of Egypt or the man of the wilderness, the food God provides. Jaylen has things she must face as well. She has put pleasure and material possessions in the place of God. They have become her provider as a way to keep the monster called fear from devouring her. Growing up in poverty with a single mom left her with wounds. She felt less than the other kids at school because of their poverty and instability, never certain whether she would have a roof over her head or would have to suddenly leave again. She lives with wounds of shame anxiety, and worthiness, feeling helpless. These wounds are driving her behavior, things that are making her very unhappy. Does God have something better for Jalen? Yes, way better, something that will give her life real meaning and give her a sense of peace instead of fear. There's no doubt about it. Again, the only question is whether she will leave Egypt and follow God. Will she choose onions? or manna. I too had to face bitter things. The internal volcano going off inside me was memories of my grandfather's and father's sexual abuse and ritual abuse. God had a fabulous life waiting for me. If only I would agree to leave Egypt, allow him to heal me and restore my life from all that abuse. I struggled with the decision for quite a while desperately trying to hang on to control, but finally chose to trust God to lead me out of Egypt. For many of us, we learned long ago not to trust anyone because we ended up with disappointment when we did. So we grabbed the reins and refused to let go. However, that's the very thing that will keep us stuck, keep us miserable, keep us in Egypt. There's hope for Jalen and Henry. There's hope for all of us. There's no question whether God can or will make a way out of bondage. Only a question about whether we will go with God. He's got a plan and the power to execute the plan. He's just waiting for us to agree to the trip. 
Let's jump forward. Let's visit the end of the game, the place where God is ready to take us as soon as we're willing to go with him. Where was God taking his people? To the promised land, to Canaan, present-day Israel. Why Canaan? It was the place he had prepared for them. It was their inheritance, his plan for their life. Where is God taking you? To the life he created you to live. To the place he prepared for you since the, before the day you were born. He's taking you to the life he made you for. What was the plan for when the Israelites got to the promised land? Exodus 6, 6 to 8 says, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched heart, arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. God was going to set his people free. He was going to take them to be his own people, not Pharaoh's slaves. And he was going to take them to the land he had promised to them all along. It would be their permanent home, the land where they could be free to live, where they wanted to live, as they wanted to live, in safety. They could worship God freely without threat of oppression. They could freely pursue their dreams. And what's the plan for you when you've left your bondage? To live in freedom, to be able to live the life you want to live and pursue your dreams. He wants you unshackled so you can live a fulfilling life and experience satisfaction and contentment. My guess is that this plan is very compatible with what you want. It's the plan I eventually chose. I agreed to the trip and followed God into the wilderness for nine years. When I came out on the other side, I finally began the promised land adventure of my life. What a joy to be free from those horrible wounds. What a joy to be serving God, doing what I was created to do. What a joy to have healthy relationships, including the one I have with God. The trip was worth it. So if the end game is fabulous and the current situation is miserable, what's the problem? Why aren't we all bolting for the door, running out of Egypt? heading for the promised land. Well, that leads us to the problematic middle. No one simply bails on Egypt one day and lands in Canaan the next. In between the two lies the wilderness. There was no way the Israelites could ever find freedom in Egypt. And there's no way we can find our promised land if we remain in captivity either. Slavery has no part of God's plan. And leaving slavery takes toil, time, and trust. It takes toil and hard work to deal with our pain and wounds. Time to work through the issues. And it takes trust in God because he's the only one who can get us there. The Israelites had to leave the old and travel to the new. So do we. There was a process involved, a journey 
I call that middle part our healing journey. While it's a challenging time, it also includes many good and wonderful things that happen along the way. But at the onset, it looks scary. When we're standing at the edge of our Egypt and looking out at the wilderness, we normally are feeling fear and reservation about entering the unknown. The Israelites certainly were hesitant. Those ten plagues were no joke. When the news came that Moses was going to lead the people out of Egypt, their lives got harder, not easier. After Moses talked with Pharaoh, he increased the people's labor. So there are reasons why we stay stuck in our miserable lives and live in quiet desperation or jump from one outrageous situation to another. Fear is normal, but let us not jump to any false conclusions. It is not true that there's no way out. God has a plan and will lead us if we let him. It's not true that we can't have a happy life. God wants us to be happy, and his plan leads to happiness. It's not true that there's no hope. God is our hope. He has the power to set us free from anything. It's not true that we're stuck with a pathetic and pitiful life. We can start the process of moving toward a fulfilling life whenever we want to. Is there something better? Yes. Will you choose to go there? All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes, Spotify, or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.